What up, Cones? Welcome to the Always Be Both Cruise podcast. You know, I have this feeling in my mind that a lot of times we sail into these ports and sometimes we take them for granted. I think you could pick any one of 10 or 11, 12 ports, whatever, that you say, you know what, maybe I think about staying on the ship for that port. Now, I do not have any problems with that. I don't have any problems with any way you cruise. However, I do think sometimes we just look at the cruise planner, we see that maybe there's nothing there that jumps out at you and then we automatically dismiss that port as and we deem it skippable now i think there's ports out there whether we go to them too often because you know just like nassau every cruise ship is going to go to nassau at some point and we feel like you know what we've seen everything there is to do there i think what i'd like to do is start a campaign to where we before we start dismissing these ports we really make sure we get into them and today we're going to take a little bit of a dive, a deep dive, into Key West. Hey yo, all aboard and welcome, it's about to be on. Grab a couple of cones, cause we about to be gone to the Caribbean. Seven days and eight nights, got the crew coming heavy, but we all packing light. Yeah, we always be booked, we got our drinks in the sky. From New York City to the USBI, is that a full margarita, man? Finish it up, cause we about to run the beer like Forrest Gump. Finding pockets on the Lido, she ain't gotta be a tent, cause we did the things and we'll do them again. Tonight's the white party, but we blacking it out, cause we got the drink pack. And we're maxing it out Everybody come on I said sound that horn Cause we gotta get away To where the boat leaves from Yeah Woo. All aboard and welcome ladies and gentlemen to the Always Be Booked Cruisecast Show coming to you not quite live from the K Compound down in Boca Raton, South Florida. Hope everyone's having a great week. Shout out to the Always Be Booked Cruisers Lounge on Facebook. It's where we do most of our interacting and uh, where the... What would you say? Sense of community has been most developed out of all the platforms we're involved in here. I will say, looking over that group, that I feel like we have a larger than normal number of people who are actually on cruises right now. People at sea and, uh, you know, all these pictures, it's like a love-hate thing, you know what I mean? A, a, a double-edged sword because you just love it. Actually, really, no. I love living vicariously through everybody who's at sea. Yeah, you get a little bit of that uh, FOMO. But screw it. I love looking at the pictures. We have all sorts of people seemingly from all over the world taking cruises. If you got Vietnam, you have the Southern Caribbean. We have some people out in the Western Caribbean. And uh, I hope everybody's having a great time on their cruises right now. And yeah, man, have a drink and uh, maybe, uh, you know, sing a karaoke song or whatever for us over here who are all landlocked. Um, let's get right into the news right now. Uh, the Ovation of the Seas is a quantum class ship from Royal Caribbean, as you know. They had a mechanical issue a couple of nights ago in Wellington Harbor, which is just off the coast of New Zealand. Ovation is one of Royal Caribbean's newest ships and the largest ship ever to home port in Australia. At around 7.30 p.m. a couple of nights ago, the captain of Ovation called for a tugboat uh, to assist them right at the mouth of the Wellington Harbor off the coast of Seatown. Uh, while the repair was made and the ship was on her way within two hours, there was a moment of uncertainty. The information regarding the malfunction at this time is only that it was a propulsion issue. But Harbor Master, Master 
Grant Nalder, made it very clear that the ship would not have remained in the channel overnight. He would have a quote from him. Something will happen. She's going to move somewhere. Uh, that's what he said, indicating that remaining where she was was simply not an option. So that could have been tricky. They would have had to figure out a way to get that ship out of there. So I guess free up the, you know, the, the area. The, the good news is that by 9 p.m. the issue was repaired and the ship was safely on her way to Napier. So this could have been a lot more of a problem than it was. All of a sudden, you have a ship that's malfunctioning from a propulsion issue, and then they're calling they're so so far into it that they were, I guess you could say, so pessimistic about the outcome that there was tugboats that were actually called. Uh, the tugboats were not necessarily needed. The issue was fixed, uh, but yeah, the harbor master was getting that ship out of there to clear the path anyway. But no harm, no foul. All is well and. The uh, Ovation of the Seas is on her way. One of the world's oldest, fastest growing, and largest cruise lines will be chartered by a nation to help host one of the most celebrated sporting events in the world. As we all know by now, MSC, which has been around forever, has recently made a push to be a worldwide powerhouse in the cruising industry. And you could argue that they already were. They already were compared to, you know, some of the other smaller lines out there, but when I say a real powerhouse, I'm talking about them breaking into the the big three, which they've been on the cusp of for a pretty long time now. Now, in a move that will well, that will certainly elevate their profile even more, two MSC cruise ships will be chartered by the government of Qatar uh, to house thousands of tourists who will be coming into town for soccer's global crown jewel tournament, the World Cup. The MSC Poesia, Poesia? Poesa and the MSC Europa will sail into the Doha port in November of 2022 and will provide accommodations to nearly 4,000 guests who will be on hand for the World Cup soccer event. Guests staying on board will be able to get to the event via shuttle buses that will pick them up directly from the port. The MSC Poesa is currently in service, but the Europa is still under construction at a shipyard in Saint Nazaire, France. Uh, Qatar and MSC are part. Now I know some people pronounce it Qatar, Qatar, Carter. Welcome back, Qatar. I don't know, whatever it is, but we're going with. Uh, Qatar and MSC are partnering up to place a large focus on sustainability and keep emissions as low as possible for this uh, joint venture here. Uh, MSC Poison will run on the minimal fuel amount to keep the power on, basically, and MSC Europa will be the cruise line's first ever LNG, which is liquefied natural gas-powered ship, thus keeping emissions to an absolute minimum. Now, we have a quote. Uh, the Ministry of Transportation and Communication has completed the development of Doha port to accommodate multiple large passenger ships and enable the port's capacity to receive the largest cruise ships in the world, serving fans and visitors who come to Qatar during the 2022 World Cup, said Jasim Saif Ahmed Al-Saltulay. Salutai. Salatai. Salutai, who is the Minister of Transportation and Communication. The one-month-long event will start November 21st of 2022 and run until December 18th of 2022. Uh, and that's pretty much it. I, I did, you know, I know I'm butchering some pronunciations as sometimes you guys have some fun with. I got a wacky review on uh, <laughs> on iTunes the other day. You know, the reviews have been very kind to me over the years. And even the ones that are bad 
the ones that are bad was like uh you know one star because he doesn't put out consistent episodes i haven't really gotten too much any real kind of negative hate mail or bad negative reviews about the content of the show until this past week i saw and you know what please you know don't worry i am certainly not you know uh, there's no doubt about it this show is not going to be for everybody but this person needed to feel the uh, feel felt the need to go on itunes and say that uh i don't i don't like this this is sophomoric uh, it's, it's repetitive. I mean, you know, you've clearly you listen to the show a lot if you think it's repetitive, but it was just funny because, uh, sophomoric was the funny, was the funny one. It's definitely a little sophomoric. I'm trying not to listen. It might be a little sophomoric. I'm just trying to stay away from fresh meonic if, if we can do that, but I do appreciate you reviewing. I am sorry. That is not your cup of tea. That's just a weird thing when people just, when it's not, when things aren't your cup of tea. Why don't you just move on? You know what I'm saying? I don't understand it. But I also shouldn't say that because I did say that I don't really feel like I will have arrived until I start getting some haters. And uh, cheers to you, young lady. I appreciate it. Um, iTunes sucks, though, because you can't even respond. You know what I'm saying? If they do it on Facebook, they tell you what they don't like. And I wouldn't have been an asshole. I would have been very respectful. But I would have, like, said, you know, it's just, maybe it's not for you or is there something specific you don't like about it that I that we could do? She also, oh, that was the whole point. She came at me for my awful pronunciations. <laughs> yeah, we, we, I'll, give, I'll give it that. Sometimes the pronunciations, oftentimes the pronunciations are, uh, you know, left a little to be desired. All right, so. We have some bad news here. Tragedy struck Carnival Horizon this past Friday night as a guest was killed falling from the ninth deck to the fifth deck uh, as it was returning to Miami. The cruise line confirmed the death, but as usual, that is about all they confirmed at this time since it's often the cruise line policy to keep things quiet while any investigation is going on, and you could certainly understand that. Just hopefully the cooperation is happening. The ship was on its way back from a six-day Western Caribbean itinerary when news of this tragedy hit the bridge, and the scene of the incident was completely roped off. There was a statement from Carnival. It reads as follows. We can confirm the death of a guest on Carnival Horizon, as the ship was returning to Miami on Friday evening. Our care team continues to provide support for the guest's family, and we cooperated with the standard law enforcement investigation. I don't know what that means, standard law enforcement investigation. That seems like you're giving yourself a little bit of a caveat there to be like, well, what about the unstandard law enforcement? Did you compete? Did you, uh, did, did you cooperate with them too? I don't know. When the ship arrived to Port of Miami Saturday morning, our thoughts and prayers are with the guest's family. Yeah, there's not really much you could do right now as far as, you know, making statements. I do totally understand that. So unfortunate. Again, I really flirted with the idea of looking into this. And actually, I'm not going to lie, I did look into this and tried to figure out why it seems like there's so many overboards, so many uh, overboard situations recently. And... Collins, I'm not going to lie. I, I looked it up, and th- there were more in years back. Like, there was, I believe there was a stat where so far there's about 18 or 19 so far this year. There was a year where there was 29. There was a, And then we're talking mid-2000s. So the trend is not necessarily that there are more people going overboard. 
the trend is that it's a little bit more publicized. And I think that might be, that might have something to do with the fact that the cruise industry is just growing exponentially. The thing is this, I figured that whatever, you know, screwy activity that's going on on cruise ships, whatever foul play, whatever, like whatever activity that you could deem to be maybe security related or safety related, you know, you're hearing more about it lately. But I always just said to like, what would you expect to happen if the cruise line is basically doubling in the past? I don't know that stat, but it may basically could be doubling in the last 20 years. Wouldn't you expect that some of the screwery would also double or whatever, increase incrementally as well along with it? So hopefully it's not, you know, I know the cruise industry for some reason is such a easy target for whether it's bloggers who don't like cruises, whether it's news, whether it's any media outlet out there. I just feel like the cruise lines get such a beating and you just see these uh, reaction pieces or these editorial pieces of just such exaggerated garbage. And, uh, you know, I guess the man overboard thing is going to be no different. All right. If you like pairing your Carnival Cruise with Coke or any coca-cola products for that matter you had better get it done by mid-january because the largest cruise line in the world is ditching the world's largest soft drink corporation Uh, when things like this happen my first thought is that it's a financial move the powers that be got together and struck a better economic agreement uh, thus making it ultimately worth jumping ship pun intended for a solid but significantly less popular product, which is Pepsi. Who's going to complain? I don't complain about Pepsi. I prefer a Diet Coke when I go that route. Now, I'm trying to stay off the Coke, guys. Who is still drinking soda? I would love to hear that from you. I know this was like, I mean, Coke is it. Coke with all the, all the campaigns, the Cola Wars back in the 80s. We grew up on soda. You know what I'm saying? Now it's like the new smoking. Like people don't. Like you almost, I I do. I feel guilty when all the people, three, four, five people around me are getting a water at dinner. And I say, yeah, I'll take my Diet Coke. Uh, I've been up and down. You know what I mean? I feel like it's a habit. I put it out there on Facebook once. (laughs) Does anybody have a decent alternative to soda, to like real Coca-Cola or Pepsi, whatever it is? And I got the responses I got back were like, nah, man, you know, when I try to, when I get clean and they wrote quotes clean, you know, there's LaCroix, there's all sorts of carbonated options. There's, you know, I'll tell you this, here's my advice. We're talking about LaCroix. Forget LaCroix. When you go to the grocery store and you're looking for a carbonated water with flavor to it, don't get LaCroix. No offense, Sherry, Cruise Tips TV. Really? Get the store brand. Save yourself some money because it all sucks. There's nothing you... And I got I got a f- fridge full of bubbly downstairs at Case Compound. I'm drinking bubbly because you know what? I am not getting any type of satisfaction uh, anywhere close to that of a nice carbonated sugary or at least sub- sugar substitute Diet Coke. I just It's just nothing better, especially with a slice of pizza or a pasta, some sort of any... A really good meal, steak, you need soda, you need a Coke. But I definitely have had a lot of success getting off of it by just kind of, you know, I need those bubbles, I need that carbonation, but I get it from the, uh, so, and then if it's this thing where I'm going out to dinner or I'm having a meal away from the home, 
I will kind of order a Diet Coke. So I'm going from like maybe a 12-pack, a couple of 12-packs a week to, you know, maybe, I don't know, what would you say, if a candy, a, a, a soda, a drink of Coke, maybe four or five of them a week total. So definitely some strides made there. But uh, you wouldn't expect them to admit it you know, the whole financial end of it publicly. But regardless, Carnival is sticking to their story when it's, they say that the decision is made based on purely guest experience. So Carnival is basically telling you this has nothing to do with a financial thing, although you have to agree that it is when you make a move this big. Um, we have a quote. The demand for beverage uh, beverages is moving beyond the normal soda cola category, said Eddie Allen, vice president. Carnival loves these guys with two first names, Arnold Donald, Eddie Allen. Watch out for those guys with two first names, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, He is the vice president of beverage operations for Carnival. He continues, people are looking for more options, juices, teas, flavored waters, sparkling waters. All are very in high demand, very much high. I'm sorry. All are very high on what our guests are asking for. In addition, they say that the Pepsi option gives them way more options in regards to flavored seltzer types of soda, such as bubbly, boom, a competitor of LaCroix. Now, bubbly is significantly cheaper than LaCroix. I guess that's a Pepsi product, which I didn't know, but it is definitely cheaper than LaCroix. What are the other lines doing? Uh, Norwegian made the switch over to Pepsi about 10 years ago, but Royal Caribbean is staying true and still uses Coca-Cola. What does Coca-Cola stand to lose as a result of this? Carnival estimates that guests drink approximately 27,000 cans of Coke product every week right now. Uh, Can you imagine? That is an incredible figure, 27,000 cans of Coke. Uh, It's even more incredible to think that, you know what, Coca-Cola probably isn't even going to feel this in the grand scheme of things. Um, Here's what I was wondering. Apparently, if you do refuse to comply with this change in brand affiliation, you still are and will remain able to bring a 12-pack of your favorite soda on board with you as you embark your cruise, no matter what brand you prefer. And uh, the one thing I'll say is this. it's it's This is opinion, whatever. Some people like it. Some people tell me to shove it up my ass. Guys, are we really thinking about jumping ship, pun intended again, be, of, of cruise lines because of this? I've seen in some of these groups, some people are actually standing on their soapbox saying that, that's it, Carnival, you did it this time. I am no longer sailing with Carnival Cruise Lines because I absolutely refuse to sail on a cruise ship that does not have my favorite Coca-Cola products. Really? Does Coca-Cola... First of all, is it that much of a difference? Do you need that brand of soda that much? And are you that loyal to Coca-Cola? Do you think Coca-Cola gives a crap about you? You think they're going to go to the wall for you? I mean, really, I don't. I understand if you really like Coca-Cola and you're mildly disappointed, but let's leave it at that. I mean, am I wrong? Do we really need to start going on uh, boycotts because they don't have Coca-Cola products? To me, that's a little bit wacky. Um, all right, let's talk a little bit more and go back to MSC Cruise Lines. Uh, a couple of things. We talk about the hardware versus the software. You know what I'm saying? We talk about how, of course, MSC is always putting out these 
gorgeous, beautiful ships. I would say from a hardware standpoint and the actual structure of the ship, they are only rivaled by Royal Caribbean. You know what I'm saying? You could say Norwegian with the Escape Plus, I'm sorry, the Breakaway Plus classes of ships. But, I mean, you just look. Shout out to Doug Parker, Cruise Radio, if you're listening to this show. Uh, Hopefully you also know about Cruise Radio, the industry standard in podcasting and real deal cruise information. Definitely check that out. But Doug Parker, who is the founder and host of that, is on a sailing right now on the uh, Meravilla. I guess that's what it's called. I It's spelled with G's and L's and all sorts of different consonants that I feel like you're supposed to pronounce, but I guess you're not. I thought it used to be Meraviglia. That's what it spells like if you go phonetically. Then, all right, so it's not Meraviglia. Then it was I thought it was Meravilia. All right, the G is silent. No, 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 no. We're taking it a step further. What's putting the silence on the L too? It's Meravia. I mean, what are we doing with all these consonants? We're wasting ink on these letters that we don't pronounce. All right. The Meravia is making its inaugural call into Belize. But yeah, Doug put up some pictures. And uh, oh my gosh, the aft pool deck. I had to screenshot one of his stories uh, just to look at it and get a closer look. Um, the Lido deck is absolutely superb, spread out. I mean, really, really resort style. The thinking that they put into this ship, man, and he also said the food's been great. I saw him today. Somebody asked, how's the food? He said he hasn't had a bad meal yet. So MSC seems to be learning when it comes to all that stuff. I still am hearing multiple accounts that the ship is kind of like, uh, you know, the energy is not really there. The vibe is not really there. Uh, you know, when you go on a Carnival cruise ship, say what you want about Carnival. They take a lot of heat for a lot of different things. But it's undeniable that Carnival has established what I call a non-negotiable when it comes to bringing energy to a cruise ship. I could say this about Carnival Cruise Lines. And I know, like I said, we always talk. What's the best cruise line? We don't know. We don't know, okay? It's too it's too subjective. But Carnival has drawn a line in the sand and said, you are going to know our cruise director's name. I can't say that about the other cruise lines. Do you always know what your Norwegian crew, if you're on a four-day sailing out of uh, Miami to, you know, perfect day at Coco Cay in Nassau, you're coming back, you had a bunch of drinks, do you automatically know the cruise director's name? Not necessarily. If you're going on a Carnival cruise ship, you're going to know who the cruise director is. And that's because he's leading a charge of fun that you rarely see. Um, So the Meravilla is uh, making its inaugural call into Belize. And uh, I guess that's a historic situation because I don't know if a cruise ship that big has ever gone into Belize. But uh, it's, it's pretty impressive. And just in general... MSC, I still have my eye on. I have to really kind of, uh, listen, I would love to get on the ship and do a tour. I've reached out to them a couple of times. They haven't gotten back to me, but I would love to eventually at least get on the ship and see, you know what, even if you go with the right people, with the right hardware, you can make the argument that you can make your own fun. But I do think that that only goes so far. You have to have some good music. You have to have an environment that is somewhat reliant on the cruise line to be able to make it conducive for you to really kind of elevate that level of fun and elevate that level of entertainment and thus provide that hashtag PCB, Pure Cruise Bliss. All right, 
Also, speaking of MSC, it was unfortunately announced that the opening of their new private island, Ocean K, will be delayed yet again. And yes, I say K. Sorry. You know what? It could be correct. It could be not correct. It could be somewhere in the middle. I'm going with K. Listen, this is obviously a bad look, and we undoubtedly uh, get upset as guests. But I really can't sit here and judge msc for not being able to open this island not knowing the logistics or potential last minute hiccups that come with making a private destination island uh populable and uh, operational operational for millions of tourists every year msc is citing unforeseen complexities as well as weather for the delays as the reason why they're having to put this off yet again 600 workers had to be demobilized as a result of hurricane dorian this past september so that set things back a little bit and multiple weather events involving strong winds and heavy swells have also made it necessary that more work need to be done before they can open it to the public the new date of opening is scheduled for december 5th some people are excited about that some people are also pessimistic about that even being possible but i guess we will see all right that's it for the cruise news ladies and gentlemen let's get into key west which is the main topic for the show All right, Cones, let's talk some Key West. But first, I would like to remind everybody that if you like what you hear in this show, we do a show every single day. The only issue with that is it's on a website called Patreon. P-A-T-R-E-O-N dot com slash always be booked. If you want a show that happens every single day, sort of a companion, you throw it on when you go to work or you throw it on when you're on the way home, or you throw it on and, you know, maybe I put you to sleep and you throw it on then. But we do do a show every single day. And for just $5 a month, I like to think of it as a way that, you know, you support the whole, you know, this whole little podcast that could type of thing. And, um, but again, it's not just about the support. It's not just about getting a couple of shows a week. Now we're doing it every day. Now I'll give you that. I'll miss a couple more than one or two a month, a couple of months. Can you give me that? If you know, a lot, a lot, a lot, a lot of work goes into this stuff, and you know, cut me a little bit of that slack. I don't also do shows when we do the um, the. I mean, how much you can? How much of me can you deal with? When we do the regular show, I skip that day too. But the Patreon, I'll give you a little background on it if you're interested. In. We talk cruising, but that's a little bit more of the backstory stuff. Some of the stuff in the personal life. I have these crazy stories from the businesses that I'm in uh, besides the cruise industry, which is you know the bar and restaurant. I'm a DJ in multiple different places. I actually have three jobs right now. <laughs> Between Blue Martini, Renegades in West Palm Beach, and Crazy Uncle Mike's three freaking jobs. And uh, you can imagine the personalities and the wacky stories that come from that, especially, you know, no offense, Florida, but being in South Florida, you get a lot of crazy stuff. But uh, if you're interested in hearing that, it's dot com slash always be booked. You sign up five $5 for the entire month. That's basically, what is that? I mean, that's a very low dollar amount per show and uh, you'll get a show every single day and you will take your journey and make your transformation into what i call super cone hood hope to see you there hopefully you can join and uh let's get into some key west talk so key west guys i have i don't know if it's just my nature 
I do find that whenever, and we probably all have this instinct too, you're watching a boxing match, two guys you don't care about. You're watching a wrestling match, a football game, teams you don't care about. Whatever you're watching, you sort of root for the underdog a lot of times. You know what I mean? The team that's down by a couple of touchdowns, uh, you want to see them come back. The guy that looks like he's getting his ass kicked, you know what, let's see if this guy can get off the mat and make this a fight or maybe even win. I'm like that with my cruise ports, guys. You know, everybody knows I defend Nassau to the death. I just think that it's crazy. There's so much to do. Now, if you want to tell me you've been to Nassau too many times, I'll give you that. You've seen everything there is to do. If you want to say that Nassau, you're just kind of, you know, you've been there 20 times and you don't get off the ship anymore just because, you know, what else are you going to do there? I'll give you that. But if you've done it once or twice, then all of a sudden you've deemed Nassau dirty or you've deemed Nassau, you know, boring or whatever. I think you are really doing yourself a disservice because there is so much to do. And the point of what I said at the top of the show was that I think you can make that argument in a lot of ports. Now, I think there's certain ports that, again, you'll never hear me say the port sucks because at the very least you just find a beach and treat it as a private island. But if you're looking to do some stuff, I think there's a lot of ports out there that we really, we, you know, no offense, we get a little lazy sometimes as cruisers. You know, we just look at the itinerary, the, the cruise planner or, you know, the list of excursions and we just say, oh, there's nothing there. But a lot of times there's so many options. There's so much stuff you can do and we just don't scratch the surface of it. Like, did you ever know that if you go to St. Kitts, what do people talk about in St. Kitts? They talk about, you know, just doing an island tour. They talk about that stupid train that may or may not be cool. I've heard mixed reviews on it. You know, they talk about little sunset cruises there, little little side sun, sunset cruises. Did you know that you could hike up? I don't think it's an active volcano. Is it an active? You can hike up the top of a volcano and get these ridiculous views. Everybody just walks around San Juan. Did you know you could take a, a ride out and do like the longest and craziest and wildest zip line in the world? Superman style. There's so many things that the surface isn't even scratched in these cruise ports. And I think Key West is one of them too. I think Key West is on a lot of Western Caribbean itineraries, as is Cozumel. We got to do Cozumel eventually too. But I think people just kind of deem it skippable. Oh, it's Key West. It's Florida. What am I going to get excited about going to Florida? Yeah, you damn well should. There's so many things about Key West. I love Key West and have been meaning to get back down to Key West for oh, see, months now, even years, ever since I took that solo drive from Orlando. Oh, it was so beautiful. I just had a wild hair up my ass that, you know, one day I was like, you know what it was? The whole Cowboys, the Cowgirls thing. When I was working at Cowgirls and, you know, the opportunity was appreciated. But once we realized it was going to be a lot more difficult than I thought it would, uh, I realized that I kind of had a rough conversation with my boss and... It was a Saturday night, and I knew nobody was going to show up because this was just a whole, you know, we weren't going to get a crowd, basically, because this was a, it was one of my first couple of, first month or so there, and I was just like, this is not what I thought I was signing up for. I thought I was going into a place that was absolutely ready to rock and roll, but little did I know, listen, we're digressing, but my point is, is that I said, you know what, I'm taking Saturday off because it's Memorial Day weekend, or it might have been, no, it was Labor Day, uh, Memorial Day or Labor Day, I don't know which one, okay? What do you want me to tell you? So I said, I'm going to take Saturday off and put together a couple of days and go down to Key West, 
maybe formulate a plan, maybe relax a little bit, <clears throat> clear my head. I took a, you know, all over South Florida, there's these shuttles. I didn't realize that. It's very, very convenient. Now, if you book in advance, you can get it for like 20, 30 bucks. If you book the day of, yeah, you may have to spend 50 bucks, but you could get basically anywhere around South Florida on these little vans that will take you, you know, through Orlando to West Palm, down to uh, Fort Lauderdale, down to back over to Fort Myers, over to the West Coast. I've used them. I've sent people on them. They're actually very, very convenient. So I took one of those down to Miami from Orlando. Cost me like 30 bucks. Got up at like 6 in the morning. This was unfortunately the day of that Pulse incident, the shooting at Pulse. And I just remember getting a bunch of texts. I was like, holy crap. I was like, man. I was literally on one of those shuttles during uh, when that news broke. So I get to Miami, and the plan is I go to a Hertz rental car, and I'm going to get a uh, Mustang 5.0 convertible. You know those things that were hot back in the uh, mid '90s. They were hot. they had a run. The 5.0s. That was I'm not a car guy, but boy, those, boy, those convertibles were everywhere. The yeah, Mustang. What is it called? Mustang. Whatever it was. But it was uh, it was the plan to get a rental car and just drive down to Key West. Boy, was that one of the best things I ever did. I didn't realize how great it was going to be. That drive, especially if you're, if you're a fan of the sea, that six, seven-mile drive over those bridges, what it basically is is a chain of islands. It's basically the beginning. I feel like it's the beginning of the Lesser Antilles. It may not be, but it feels like that. You know how there's basically just a chain of islands that goes from Florida all the way down to South America. And I feel like that's where it starts. Probably starts more in the Bahamas to Grand Turk. That's probably where the keys probably not it's probably not fair to say that they're involved in that chain. But it's a chain of islands that basically they built a bridge connecting all those islands and you're driving over it. And yeah, it's only like a ninety like a like a what is it? Like a 70, 80 mile drive from Miami, but it's a slow drive. Because it's only one freaking road and there's only one lane. And then you'll you'll see you'll go alternating views of just basically towns, which I'm fascinated in, too, because you see, you know, Key Largo, Isla Mirada, Key Biscayne. And uh, you just you just see all these places and you see the motels and you see the little towns, the little island towns. And but then after you get through the town, you're on a bridge and it's just pure gorgeous water. If the sun's coming up or if the sun's going down, it's just beautiful getting down there. So if you're a Floridian, if you're ever in Florida, Miami area, take that drive, man. It's a beautiful, beautiful drive coming and going. So that's one thing I love about Key West. The other thing I love about Key West is that it really is, it's continental United States, but you're on an island. This is island life. You know what I'm saying? When you go to a, uh, when you go to these cruise destinations, very often you're on islands and you know island time is a real thing down there. Yeah, it's America and yeah, everybody speaks English and yes, it's very very populated because really it is, you know, for a chance to I don't know, I'm sure there's more, but for a chance to get real close to Caribbean island life, Key West is one of your only options in this country and it's definitely beautiful. So what I wanted to do was dive in a little bit and talk about some of the things that you could do in Key West that you may or may not be on your radar, but let's let's get it started. So first and foremost, it the boat tours and the water sports, okay? I've talked about it at length on the podcast. I won't go into it anymore, but the fact that I could have done a jet ski tour 
And literally, I mean, how often can you say you've done a lap and gone from the Atlantic Ocean to the Gulf of Mexico and you've done a lap twice around twice, but you've experienced both of those bodies of water in one jet ski rental tour. Amazing. Beautiful, beautiful jet ski tours. Uh, You know, you also, I would recommend, you know, doing one of the boat tours. The boat culture is huge in Key West. There's boats everywhere. When around three o'clock hits, you know, these fishermen, they wake up early, early in the morning. And when like three o'clock hits, they're done for the day. The bars get a huge little rush. That's when really happy hour starts in Key West because all the fishermen are coming in from fishing out and going out or whether they're diving or fishing and they come in and they just, you know, belly up to the bar and they talk to the bartenders about their day, what they caught, if they're diving, what they saw. And for you to get a chance to get on a little bit of a charter or, you know, a little bit of a boat tour and be able to look back at the island, it's beautiful. And if you're sailing in, you know what? I've heard a lot of the excuse people say, why am I, I got here on a boat. Why am I getting on a boat again? It's nothing like that. I remember when I was in Grand Turk, we got off the ship and we were doing a snorkeling tour. The ride was my favorite part of it because you're on a ship. Be honest. You don't really feel like you're on a boat half the time. It's a whole different experience when you get off that ship, step onto land and then get on like a, you know, a a, a nice big engine boat with maybe seven or eight people and you're whipping across the Atlantic Ocean, you're feeling every wave and, you know, you're getting the, 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 the water is hitting your face and, you know, you're getting a beautiful view of your cruise ship. You're getting a beautiful view of the island itself and you're speeding it like, you know, whatever it is, it feels like 80, 90 miles an hour, but you're only going like 40, 40, 50 miles per hour. Uh, a boat tour, is a very, very nice option, and there's tons of them down there. Uh, a guided tour, whether it's snorkeling, they have sunset tours, they have booze cruises. Um, you know, you could do a ton of yacht and pleasure craft spotting. I mean, we are very fortunate in Fort Lauderdale down here to have that. If you go out to dinner in Fort Lauderdale, it's like they call it the Venice of America, and you're spoiled. You get to sit there and have some of the freshest seafood and just, yeah, it's a little bit of a, you get a little envious because, you know, you know, these these freaking things, they just look like millions and millions of dollars worth of just things that, you know, they, they, what's on that boat is so much nicer than anything you'll ever live in as a home. It's out of control, but you get to view them and it's no, uh, no bigger place for that than Key West. Uh, some of the tour operators you might want to get involved with are Danger Charters, I don't know, might work, might work on that name if, if I were you guys, but uh, Danger Charters is one of them. Classic Harbor Line, and then Fury. Fury is a lot of water sports and things like that. Um, also in Key West, everybody knows about this, but you're remiss if you don't say it, so I have to say it. Mallory Square is almost like, you know, what would you call Mallory Square? That's like the Royal Promenade on a Royal Caribbean ship. You got to go to Mallory Square for the sunset. It's a rite of passage type of thing. It's like a plaza, and it's a very art-driven area. You'll see people on stilts. You'll see fire. You'll see shows. You'll see tons of paintings. You'll see sculptures. And it's totally free to walk around, obviously, but it is a celebration, a nightly celebration of the sunset. Now, I'm always, I've always been like a big sunset guy. I don't know. I, some people, I, I've noticed that some people, I look at the sunset sometimes and I'm like floored by it. Like, I don't want to be anywhere else on a cruise ship than watching the sun go down. 
I do notice that a lot of people that I'm with never really feel that same way. So I guess that's something you're, you're just built with, whether you have like, you know, I also notice on the, you know, when I post a lot of sunset pictures on my Instagram, check out the always be booked Instagram page, by the way. Um, you know, the likes aren't always through the roof. I think that's an innate thing. Some people just really feel the sunset and some people don't. But what I found out the other day was when I had a friend in town and he was like, let's get to the beach, you know, let's get to the beach, sun's going down, sun's going down, and he was like surprised, he spent years, he grew up in Chicago, but then he spent, you know, 10 years in, in LA, and San Fran, and he was like, everybody goes to the sunset bars, and then usually if you're at a bar on the water, when the sun finally goes down and disappears over the horizon, you know, there's like a little mini celebration, everybody takes the time to stop and clap for the sunset, and I think he thought we were going to do that, you know, while we were getting to this bar. So we did. We got to this bar. We went outside and the sun went down and he's looking at me like, wow, oh, this is weird. Nobody cares about the sunset. I'm like, well, first of all, we can't see it. You know what I mean? We can see the sunrise. He's like, yeah, I know. I'm just saying I'm just so used to being on the West Coast. And, you know, there's always like a sunset little mini kind of celebration when the sun finally goes down. It's like a little bit of a, you know, nature show. And we give it a round of applause. But, um. You know, when you're in Key West, you're in Florida, you actually get that sunset and they celebrate it every single day at Mallory Square. Uh, there's a lot of uh, places to eat and drink over there as well, street vendors as well as restaurants. And it is right downtown. So, you know, whether that's your thing or not, I definitely recommend checking out Mallory Square at some point. Maybe it's an everyday thing for you while you're there. Maybe it's just a one-time thing. Um, I don't know if this applies as much to cruising. I've never sailed into Key West, I'll be honest with you. So I don't know. I think a lot of the <clears throat> things about Key West is that uh, from a local government standpoint, they haven't negotiated that the cruise ships are going to be out of there by the time the sunset hits because they don't want to obstruct that view at all. So I'm not sure if any cruise ships ever stay, but listen, you could think about this as cruising to Key West. You could think about this as doing a land vacation to Key West. I'm just talking about Key West in general. So for the cruising standpoint, Mallory Square Sunset may be less relevant, but just for the sunset standpoint, you could still go there. All that stuff is still going on, the art and the culture and the shows and the street performances, all that stuff is still there. All right, Ernest Hemingway, guys. It's crazy how you got this guy legendary madman, uh, coxman, boozer, everything, and a genius of a fiction writer. It's crazy how he has two adapted hometowns. Cuba is going to claim Ernest Hemingway, and Key West is also going to claim Ernest Hemingway. Um, they, they, they call him in Key West. They have a name down in Key West. If you are... Uh, a person who lives there, you're an actual resident of Key West, but you weren't born there, what they call you is freshwater conch. And uh, we definitely got to talk about some of the food over in Key West. It's absolutely delicious. But uh, they called him freshwater conch because he was a resident there. He did set up shop there, and uh, but he was not born there. Uh, this place is located in Old Town, his house. You can go visit his home like you can do in Cuba. You can visit his home in Key West as well. He lived there for 10 years. He owned it 
forever. So he never sold his spot in Key West, but he didn't necessarily live there more than 10 years. He wrote a bunch of his most famous books there. Uh, there's a Farewell to Arms and For Whom the Bell Tolls, uh, two huge, huge novels by Ernest Hemingway, and they are celebrated in any tours. They're one of the uh, first houses in Key West to have indoor plumbing was Ernest Hemingway's. There's memorabilia all over the place, as you would imagine, about his life and his work. And if you are a fan of Ernest Hemingway or just liter- literature in general, American fictional literature, I would definitely say this is worth checking out. And uh, what you hear and what I've heard firsthand is that there is a certain level of passion that the tour guides give they're very very knowledgeable they're very passionate and you could probably see it in their eyes you could hear it in their voice when they're giving these tours this is not you know your 12 dollar an hour you know run-of-the-mill tour that you just check in the boxes okay this is where he did this this is where that no they're dead knee deep you know what i mean it's like the the bob marley tour you know those people are not just checking the box those are uh if, they, if not relatives, immediate friends that lived up there on Mount Zion that have a passion. They live it. They breathe it. And it's the same thing with Ernest Hemingway's house in Key West. So definitely check it out. So for a small island that is completely surrounded by water, you might assume that there are plenty of pristine beaches, right? You would be wrong. Uh, Key West is remarkably not known for its beaches, but there is Smathers Beach, which is the option to go to it's very very clean you have plenty of options where you can lay in the sand but also plenty of options where you can get some shade there are plenty of amenities there they have food trucks chair umbrella rentals uh very close to the airport so if you're chilling out relaxing you could watch the planes take off and land there are water sports in the area you can snorkel and again there are a couple of beaches on key west they're not known for their beaches but this is the one, the Smathers Beach is the go-to one if you want to basically have the one, have the beach that's going to basically give you most of the amenities that you're used to when you go to any natural beach in the Caribbean. Um, uh, the mark of most tropical islands, as we've seen by cruising, is how many forts do you have? Some have multiple elaborate and well-maintained structural wonders, and some are more modest. They're kind of left as they are. You know, in, in San Juan that comes to mind when you think of uh, Cristobal and El Maro, uh, as far as some of the beautiful structural wonders, like really well-maintained, elaborate, you know, a lot of things like, you know, you could see the dungeons, you could see the, you know, where they shot the cannons from. And, you know, I can't help but when I'm up there, just imagine what it must have been like people standing in this very spot i'm here on a freaking pleasure cruise these people are here with a cannon ready to get under siege by some invading government or some pirates or whoever it is i i kind of put myself in that you know just imagining looking over the water and seeing somebody they're coming to kill you and you better defend yourself and all you have is this cannon and this fort to do it and uh you know those moments aren't lost on me when i go up there uh what else uh the, uh, and then, you know, on the lower side, Fort Fincastle in Nassau. Nice little fort, cool little thing to walk around, but it's not so elaborate and they don't make so much of a big deal about it. Either way, it does seem that having a fort is sort of a common denominator for most tropical islands. And just because Key West happens to be stateside in Florida doesn't mean they aren't on the fortress bandwagon themselves. When you're there, check out Fort Zachary. It is the westernmost point on the island. They call it Fort Zach. The locals do, I should say. It's built 
right around a little bit after the, uh, the War of 1812. It was to defend the southeast coast of the USA. Uh, got some use in the Civil War. For now, a lot of beaches, a lot of hikers like to go there. You could sunbathe there. A lot of people fish there. You could also, while you're there, get a nice piece of history. It's got a very clean beach. They say it's a very clean beach with possibly and probably the cleanest water in the Key West area. Uh, it's about two miles from downtown, so it's a quick cab ride. And it is part of Fort Zachary Taylor Historic State Park. So while you're there, there's a ton of things you could check out and really have a nice day at Fort Zachary. The locals do it. The tourists do it. There's just plenty of room to explore. And you're just seeing things that you just don't see every day. You know what I mean? Now, when's the last time you walked around a fort that saw actual action in a war? Uh, what, I, what else do they have in Key West? Oh, Harry Truman's Little White House. Florida's only presidential museum, the Harry S. Truman Little White House. It was the winter White House for the country's 33rd president, Harry Truman. He spent 175 days during 13 vacations in the home. It almost like feels like it was almost like the original Camp David. That is, uh, it's filled with original furnishings right now. It's got a lot of the memorabilia from Truman's days. Uh, Presidents Taft, Eisenhower, Kennedy, Carter, Clinton also used the house. Guided tours are there. You can uh, get a window into what the world of President Truman was like and the life of a U.S. president for that matter as well. Just general presidential facts. I see it right here. It's got a little bit of a feel of sort of like if you could imagine the White House, the actual White House, as a vacation home. It's exactly what you would think it would look like. No trip to Key West is complete without a visit or a stop to the marker the buoy marker of the southernmost point yes it's a very very basic thing to do but sorry guys you gotta do it you gotta go there and you gotta get that picture did you really go to key west if you don't have that picture of yourself next to the southernmost point it's uh it's a cool little thing it says 90 miles to cuba i was want to see if i could see cuba but no you can't see cuba from there i don't know if on a crystal clear day maybe you could see maybe a hill a mountain a stat i don't know i don't think so but it is uh 90 miles from cuba it is that mile marker interesting fact is that this is a quote the uh the conkey's lie the conkey is uh they call the conkey a key west person um the marker stating it is the southernmost point on the continental united states just ain't so it's not even the southernmost point on the key that would be on the old naval station property west of the marker the southernmost point on the continental u.s belongs to woman key located between boca grand key and man key west southwest of key west now i looked on a map and i think there is something to this having said that you also, if you're going to celebrate an area, you don't necessarily want to have it be an area where you can't get to. So I think it is a matter of like 1,200 feet or so. But I do think research will tell you that that spot that you're on is not the southernmost point. I, I told this story on the show before, but we just had a good time one time when my first time ever going to Key West, and I was going there with my boss at the time. I was an up-and-coming manager in our company, and I just told him, I was like, he was living in Florida. He was just, you know, running the whole state of Florida. He was running Orlando, Tampa, uh, West Palm, Fort Lauderdale, Miami, all of our locations. He was the boss of all the locations. He also happened to be uh, on cocaine and drunk all the time. 
he would literally go into our safe and say, I need five grand, puts us in an unfathomable position. Can you imagine? We got a guy telling us, yes, I need five grand from the safe. He's our boss. What are you supposed to do? Rat him out to the boss? I don't know. He tells me, yeah, he knows. Bob knows. Well, Bob, I don't know if Bob knows. So I'm in a position where I got to decide whether I got to rat this guy out, but maybe Bob does know. I don't know situation but he would go into the safe take five grand go to vegas gamble it away and uh borrow money from i guess relatives to try to pay the safe back uh just a wacky run but nice guy though and one time we went to key west uh we went for fantasy fest three of us went down there and uh we went down to the southernmost point and we saw it that was the first stop we stayed at the southernmost hotel and uh it was walkable from the southernmost point buoy we did it. We got, let's just say, drunk, and we went to the southernmost point, and there's water. It's right by a body of water. Now, it's dark out, and we decide we're going to go into the body of water. So I tell him, hey, man, I am the most southern person. I am the most, out of all the millions and millions of people in this country, I am the southernmost of all of them. What do you think of that? He runs past me into the water and goes, not for long. And runs past me. He goes, I am. And then it went back and forth till we're in a wrestling match. Yeah, that's my boss. We're in a wrestling match to see who can get further out to see to be able to stake the claim as the southernmost person in the continental United States. Let me tell you something. We woke up the next day and saw that water. It wasn't really where you're supposed to swim. Let's just put it like that. But uh, either way, that's that's what went on. But you got to get the picture. You have to get the photograph. Did you know that it is the most, and this is what we were told on a tour, so you know what? If this guy's lying, it's on him. It was that jet ski tour, that round the, uh, around the entire island jet ski tour, sun up, sun down, Gulf of Mexico, Atlantic Ocean tour. He told us that the most photographed place in, was it Florida? I think it was Florida. Might have been the country. No, it had to be Florida. Yes, it's Florida. Was the... Uh, the Magic Castle in Orlando, uh, Walt, Walt Disney World. The second was that buoy, the Key West buoy, the second most photographed place, the second most place put a uh, uh, tourist attraction put on the internet was that buoy. So maybe he's right, maybe he's not. Some of the other spots you can hit are the Butterfly Conservatory, if that's your thing. I don't know. Got about 10 minutes of me out of that type of thing, and I'm gone. I can't really stomach a lot of that. You have the Audubon House at Tropical Gardens. Uh, you also have to remember Duval Street. Everybody knows about Duval Street, the Duval Crawl. You know what I'm saying? You have, I mean, everywhere you go down there, just like Nassau, just like Freeport, you know, the fish fry, things like that. You know, the, the, the seafood. You have to have the conch. You have to, whether it's the form of a fritter or conch salad. Conch salad is ridiculous. I've become a real big fan of conch salad lately. You put a little hot sauce and it's like a ceviche. It's so good. You know, mahi, blackened mahi sandwich. There's nothing better than a nice blackened mahi sandwich with a little tomato, maybe a little tartar sauce on there delectable so good and it's really really fresh down there as you could imagine some of the places from a uh, local establishment you might want to visit are sloppy joe's a lot of live music it's pretty standard we actually had a place in key west for a while i happened to be running johnny utah's in new york city and i heard uh <laughs> i heard about our venture very short-lived venture of our east coast saloons company putting a mcfadden's 
into, which McFadden's was our flagship location. Uh, it was flagship spot. The mothership was at 42nd and 2nd in New York City, branched out all over the country with McFadden's. Many of you probably have heard of a McFadden's saloon in your areas. And then there's one in uh, the city field in city field where the Mets play. There used to be one in Philadelphia where the Phillies play. Uh, there's multiple in Philly. I ran one in Philly, but we decided to put a McFadden's beach house in Key West. And I'll just say it like this. We were not ready. You know, you go into locals' places and you're going into somebody else's area, you have to come with research. You have to know what you're doing. And we did not realize what it was. You know, our philosophy is get the beer cold and crank up the tunes. If you're in Key West, if you're on Duval Street, anywhere near Duval Street, you have to come with live music. Everybody's got a guitar, picking and grinning, singing songs, waving drinks. You know what I mean? That's the type of thing you have to do. And that's just an expense my boss isn't into, just paying that extra, you know. And it's also, we didn't know what the deal was. What what, what I was told by the marketing coordinator, um, who I actually had a thing with at the time, uh, was telling me was that we just didn't do our homework. We didn't do our research. We didn't do our homework we didn't realize that the cruise ships were so much of the business model there that then this is way before I've taken a cruise or even cruising was on my radar. They told me that we just didn't focus on the fact that you have to have live music. You have to be open early in the morning. We just thought we were going to go in there and throw late night parties. If you're ignoring the cruise business, you're probably not going to make it in Key West. And we were probably open for about two or three months, maybe a little more, but it was a big thing. I remember all the you know the teams were going down there, opening teams, our DJs. We put a lot into that spot. But either way, yes, we were in over our heads. We didn't know what we were doing. I wasn't there. I actually volunteered to go there. I just was into the project. I didn't know what I was doing. I just liked my confidence in being able to go down there and maybe identify the problem and see if we could solve it. But uh, I never got that opportunity because I was knee-deep in some stuff at Johnny Utah's and we were humming along and things were going well and he did not want that disturbed. So New York City is where I stayed for that one. But some of the spots on Duval Street are Sloppy Joe's. Uh, the Green Room. The Green Room is a pretty unique spot where you're going to get fresh frozen drinks in an environmentally friendly area. A lot of sustainability is going on there and they're very focused on the environment there. There's the Tree House over there, the Tipsy Rooster and a bunch of others. Definitely check out those spots if and when you find yourself in Key West. I would love to hear your thoughts on Key West and what are some of the things that you can do there. I really just like any of these islands, like I say, just don't just rely on what you hear in the cruise planner. Spend some time, do some research, because not only will you have a good time the first, second, and third time you go there, I think if you dove deep into these ports, you can really enrich your vacation by immersing yourself into these places on a regular basis and really really coming home with some pictures some memories and the ability to say of course which is our goal is i did the things all right so let's get into your emails guys hey quick question how important is your vacation to you okay well are you booked if not i want to give you a quick heads up on how close you can really be to your cruise vacation of a lifetime let's talk caribbean yeah, that's right. The tropical paradise, white sand, crystal clear, blue water Caribbean. Cruising is an adventure. Why visit just one destination when you can conquer three or four? We want to be the perfect getaway from your everyday. 
Always Be Booked Cruises and Vacations has the experience, the affiliations, and most of all, the passion to match you up with a getaway that you and your group will share stories about for decades to come, no matter who's listening. Some say a cruise is a cruise, but the truth is, we help you find your cruise. Whether you're seeking the ultimate island adventure, world-class onboard entertainment, or gourmet Caribbean food and cocktails, you can share memories with those you're traveling with and make lifelong friends with those you just met. Having spent years on some of the world's most celebrated cruise ships and creating partnerships on the most desirable destinations in the Caribbean, Always Be Both Cruises will craft a custom itinerary that will surpass anything you thought you could ever experience on land or sea. If you're ready to start planning your dream cruise, go to Always Be Booked.com or email me directly at Tommy at always be booked.com. Your emails have become a lifeblood of the show. Ladies and gentlemen, definitely hit us up. Tommy at alwaysbebooked.com. The show is nothing without your emails nowadays. It seems like everybody loves the email portion of the show, but if you've ever thought about emailing the show, but you've hesitated, please, we want them. We need them. We rely on them. So hit me up at Tommy at alwaysbebooked.com. If you can think of any question you have, a concern about any cruise that you have upcoming, a comment on anything you've heard on the show, a reaction, dare I say, or possibly, maybe, uh, you know, any correction. I said something wrong. Guess what, guys? Here's the news flash. I say shit that's wrong, and I'm probably going to continue to do so, which is why I need you guys out there correcting me. Appreciate that. Also, oh, by the way, I wanted to give a nod to the YouTube channel. Always be booked on YouTube. We did reach a thousand subscribers, and that is awesome. And we're very, very so we have a lot of gratitude about that. But I would love to see it get to 2,000 before long. And I would love to see you guys, I guess, commenting, liking, subscribing, recommending. I'm still trying to find what this, what, what my place is going to be on YouTube. But you know, that could be entertaining for multiple reasons. Maybe not so, not all of those reasons be <laughs> intentionally entertaining. But I'm coming up with this new thing that we have out right now. It's called Reaction Jackson. I'm looking at a lot of the uh, the craze on YouTube lately. Oh, one of the crazes seems to be reaction videos, whether you react to a stand-up comedian or a video, song, whatever it is. You, a, a person reacts to a video and gives their commentary on it. I'm taking that little surge in, uh, you know, whatever whatever seems to be hot on YouTube and putting it towards cruising. So I'm calling myself Reaction Jackson. For those little types of, uh, you know, a little take on the 80s uh, superhero, not superhero, crime fighter, Action Jackson, Carl Weathers, a very underrated role he played. He's always known for being the eternal Apollo Creed, but he's also Action Jackson in a semi-successful action movie. Uh, I'm Reaction Jackson when I'm doing these reaction videos. So if you, if you want, feel free to go over to the YouTube. If you haven't subscribed yet, please do. Or just check out the videos. Give a like, thumbs up, hit bells, whistles, notifications, whatever else you're supposed to do. Uh, appreciate that, guys. All right. Morning, Tommy. Greetings from Indiana. So I booked a quick getaway on the Carnival Fantasy simply because the price was a steal. Well, is there a better reason than that? I don't think so. I also booked it before 
the last failed inspection. Ooh, yes, yeah, the Carnival Fantasy did have an issue there. It made me real nervous, but we decided to go anyway, and boy, I'm glad we did. I know this ship is lacking in the bells and whistles department, but what a great trip. They have really turned it around. No joke. It was one of the cleanest ships I've ever been on. There are spots that are showing their age on the outside, and it would have been nice if they had one more eating option. There are some spots that are wasted space also. Yeah, that's the fantasy class is very, very known for that. Wasted space areas. Uh, also, it was a great trip. And uh, overall, it was a great trip. And I wouldn't hesitate to recommend it to someone else. As long as you understand that it is a smaller, older ship. My cruise bliss moment was on the very last night. The cruise director, Marty, had an 80s and 90s. See? Same thing. Joe. This is Joe. Joe? Same. Uh 80s and 90s sing-along in the main atrium. Every deck was packed with people singing along and having a great time. It reminded me one reason I love to cruise. Congrats to Carnival on turning it around. Guys, that's one of the things I'll say, man. If you haven't done a fantasy class ship, uh, yes, there is wasted space. Yes, the ships are old and decrepit. <laughs> Not decrepit, but old. Yes, there is uh, you know, lack of dining options. Uh, but what they do it's almost like they are aware of that it's almost like the fantasy class is aware of their shortcomings and they are trained their entire staff is trained to overcompensate for that starting with the cruise directors and yes i had always seen atrium parties but this man especially you know maybe it's something you know carnival man i'm thinking of this right now carnival's smart man they know that the ships are rough and they know that the one great thing about the ship or one of the great things about the ships are those grandiose atriums and how beautifully laid out they are and how uh, you know much energy can be derived from putting the right you know energy and atmosphere in that area and that is their strength so they take their strengths which is their atrium and they put their crown jewel i guess activity or entertainment fun night on that in the atrium on the last night, they do an 80s and 90s party, and it is, I mean, you get chills because it's like a, it's like a stadium effect. It's like, a, it's like a sports effect because everybody's gathered around on every single one of the decks, and it is just a, a, an arena-style atmosphere, and it is absolutely fun. It's something I discovered on my own. Nobody recommended it to me. I just stumbled upon it and enjoyed it. It's just, like I said, it was weird because I went there just to listen to this guitar player. He was an old, grizzled guitar player playing like old Jimmy Buffett songs and Kenny Chesney songs and even the new songs that he played Lady Gaga he'd put like an old grizzled acoustic guitar guy feel to it and it was so enjoyable but then there was something going on between the bartender between I don't know whatever it is man I don't know I'm in the business the, the the bar and restaurant business the entertainment business for a long time a lot of times you can sense when something's gonna happen and you can sense when there's a, a palpable sense in the air that it's good things are going to go to another level and the guy said it to me the the bartender said you know you may want to stick around they do a um name that tune after this who the hell gives a crap about a name that tune but he he had some look in his eye that said no 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 and he didn't even know how to really articulate it but i caught something in what he said and that i knew that you know what i better stick around for this name that tune sure enough an hour later they were 
would seem to be hundreds of people stacked on top of each other on top of these different decks and the cruise director was being airlifted crowd surfing through the crowd that i had the time of my life it was absolutely a pure cruise bliss moment and joe I'm on the same page with you on that 100%. All right. Hi, Tommy. I started listening to your ABB podcast following your appearance on Cruise Radio. Shout out to Doug Parker, Cruise Radio. Thank you so much. I am very, very indebted to the amount of people that probably found me on Cruise Radio. And I will say to the end, turn this show off if you haven't listened to Cruise Radio. Go listen to Cruise Radio. Do your homework. It's good for you. CruiseRadio.net. You could check it out on iTunes. Doug Parker, the baddest man in the game. Anyway, reviewing Navigator of the Seas as I was doing a review on his show. Since then, I have caught up on your regular podcast, joined the Patreon, Super Cones, last month, and almost caught up there too. Oh, thank you so much, Super Cones. You have a special place in my heart. I appreciate it so much. You guys walk the walk. You talk the talk. You appreciate the content. And you know what? You keep this thing going and make what we do here possible. And I cannot tell you how humbled and appreciative I am. Thank you so much for subscribing to the Patreon, Kevin. Uh, Kevin continues. I am following your podcast name very well with three cruises booked. Okay, always be booked. All in the next 70 days. First, it's Carnival Vista, November 23rd at a Galveston uh, visiting Belize, Honduras, and Cozumel. We are booked in a Cloud 9 spa balcony. Oh, hell yeah. Love those balcony uh, spa cabins. Next up is the Navigator of the Seas. Yes, diversity. I love it. Mixing up the different cruise lines. December 13th, out of Miami visiting Nassau and Perfect Day at Coco Cay. Did that one. That is an amazing sailing. And I'm not going to lie to you guys. There's no such thing as a bad cruise. But the Navigator and the Mariner are side by side doing these sailings. Get your ass on that Navigator. I mean, if you got to settle on the Mariner, it's fine. Very, very, you know... It, 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 it's a fine line between which is better. I'll tell you something. Get on the Navigator. If you can, get on the Navigator. Uh, um, the ship may not be selling well as my royal bid, royal up bid of 150 for... Whoa! 150 for a grand suite already cleated? Congratulations, man. 150 on a royal up to a grand suite... That's strong. Yeah, I would say that. You know, that's the thing about Royal Caribbean. What they've done recently, and I absolutely love that they've done it, is take these nicer ships, refurbished, uh, amped up ships, and dedicated them to shorter sailings, thus exposing more people to Coco Cay. Now, the Mariner, when we went on it, did not sell well. We got that freaking ridiculous room for $50 upgrade uh royal up out of control and it was a completely dead ship so i guess that might be the thing where hopefully these cruises sell these sailings sell because i do not want them to stop doing those shorter sailings on those bigger ships those newly refurbished ships but if they continue to feel like they're not selling that much and they're upgrading people like crazy those shorter sailings on nice ships may end up being an endangered species hopefully not uh finally i have the explorer of the seas okay an old schooler not yet amped up uh january 19th to the 24th are you serious oh now that's disappointing to me kevin listen not knocking your hustle but damn january 19th to the 24th miami visiting nassau and labadee now there's a chance 
I don't know. There's a chance we might see you in Labadee. I don't know when the days match up, but we will be on the sister ship of the Explorer, the Adventure of the Seas, out of Fort Lauderdale, January 18th for the Pirates and Pier Runners, always be booked first ever group cruise. I would love to see. Maybe we're going to hook up. Maybe we'll be in the same. We'll be, we might be on that zip line at the same day. Let's look into that. Let me know what day you're in Labadee, Kevin. Uh, probably another one in March. That's great to hear. Looking forward to hearing about that one in March. Cruising is awesome. Well, that's a freaking understatement. Newsflash, Kevin. Appreciate it. Uh, I love your escape term escapism as it is so true. Now, I wish that was my term. Definitely not my term. Uh, I, the first time I heard the word escapism, yeah, I use it a lot. But the first time I heard escapism was from Kenny Chesney. And uh, basically saying he was defending his... Uh, not so country country music when he starts talking about the uh caribbean all the time and the palm trees and the paradise and the islands you know pissing off much of his base there's a whole army of people as popular as kenny chesney is there's a whole army of people who can't stand him because he came up in the game as this you know nashville eastern tennessee kind of you know real George Strait style authentic country guy. And then he saw there was some money in talking about these vacations. And he said, you know what? I'm still country. Sure, I sell escapism, but I'm still country. So uh, that's where I heard it. And I just, I like that word too when I heard him say it. That's kind of what it is. You're just escaping, getting away for a little while. Thank you for what you bring to the cruise podcast. Thank you for what you bring to the cruise podcast offerings. Doug Parker, Matt H, and you really compliment each other. Keep it up, Kevin. Kevin, thank you so much. Man, those guys, it's, it's really nice to be even mentioned with those guys. You know what I'm saying? Those guys are pros, pros. I'm still, I feel like I'm getting better. I feel like I'm trying to do my thing. I'm trying to elevate every day, trying to have progress every day. But those guys are where this, those guys are. I mean, those you're talking about two shows right there that are tight. You know, you listen to Matt, he's strict, strictly Royal Caribbean, uh, but he puts on, you know, a very well-produced show, a consistent show, and the community he's built, man, that's the guy, you want to talk community, Matt has built a freaking community, those Royal Caribbean people, they're like the freaking beehive, or the, uh, you know, what do the Lady Gaga have, the monsters, what are they, I don't know, but uh, yeah, quite an army they've built. But Doug, yeah, Doug is to me, Doug if with Cruise Radio, that's the, the gold standard for all things cruise content. Uh, Kevin, thank you so much. And thank you so much again for uh, making the transition and crossing over into Super Conehood by signing up for the Patreon. Tommy, I bet a big reason that the ports don't like overnight stays is that the passengers may spend quite a bit less money the second day. It may not even be cost-effective for the shops to stay open the second day in captive ports like Amber Cove or Grand Turk. Another reason the ships don't overnight in ports is that there's quite a bit of alcohol served on the ship every evening. I'm sure the cruise company does not wish to share those funds with the port. Just my thoughts regarding, uh, just my thoughts, no real evidence to back it, back up these thoughts regards Richard. Richard, what's up, Richard? Richard is a great supporter of the show long time supporter of the show and i appreciate richard every time you step in whether it's on the uh, ultra lounge on facebook i always see you over there and whether it's email love having richard's feedback uh richard is an educated cruiser and his points are very very well taken and how could you possibly 
I don't know either. He says there's no evidence to back up what he just said, but the two points he just made regarding why cruise ships don't overnight, could you possibly argue either one of them? No, it makes perfect sense. Um, But Richard, even overnight for me would be okay if they left at 6 in the morning. You know what I mean? Out of there at 6 in the morning in time for the next ship to pull in. I know Beatrix said I want to immerse myself and be there for a couple of days. But I don't know. I think, And I don't know. Do you think they would would not spend as much money? I, I think that, you know what, you're going to spend money in the next port. Why not spend money in, in the current port? But the alcohol thing I agree with too. Uh, it's very, very possible. Your argument is a very, very strong one. And I don't see really how you can argue with it. But I don't know. I just think that every once in a while, if you just let us experience the whole, where there's no bedtime, there's no peer running, there's no reason to necessarily feel like you got to make it back to the ship before the sun even goes down. I want more time in ports where the sun is down. I want to get a feel for the nightlife. And if you're getting me out of the port at 6 a.m., that's fine. I could stay out till 3, 4 in the morning, get a good feel back on the ship, and I don't even know when we're leaving. Back to and you could do that especially with ports that are so close to each other, like St. Thomas and San Juan. Why not? I don't know. Thank you so much for the email, Richard. I appreciate it. That's about it for this week, guys. I appreciate you joining us. Just a little recap. We have a Cruisers Ultra Lounge group on Facebook. Always be booked Cruisers Ultra Lounge on Facebook. We have the Patreon. Uh, it is P-A-T-R-E-O-N dot com slash always be booked if you want a show like this every single day. It's not like this, but it's a show every single day. And uh, we also have the Always Be Booked Mega Loft. That is for Patreon subscribers. Now, if you're not a Patreon subscriber yet, you can join. You know what I mean? Just know that there's going to be a lot of talk of things that we talk about on the Patreon show. And only that, because I don't want to bother the the cones with stuff that we talk about on the Patreon show. So that's why I created that group. Not to create some exclusive thing on Facebook. That's not why. I just, you know, I noticed that when I do a Patreon show, a lot of that stuff people would talk about in the Ultra Lounge group on Facebook. And you know what? You don't want to hear it because you don't get the Patreon. So we say, hey, hey. Take it to the loft. So we have the Always Be Booked Cruises Ultra Lounge on Facebook as a group for everybody. And if you're interested in the Patreon, you can join the Always Be Booked Mega Loft. It's the Mega Loft. So when we start hearing Patreon stuff on the regular page on on the Ultra Lounge, we say, hey, 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 take it to the loft. Uh, We also have the YouTube, as you know, always be booked on YouTube. Instagram, always be booked. Trying to get more uh, engagement on Instagram since uh, the whole everybody's all up in arms about the like, the likes. We don't see the likes anymore. What are we going to do? Let's jump off the the side of a cruise ship because we can't see the likes. I don't know. What else? Uh, Yeah, and email me, Tommy, at alwaysbebooked.com. I appreciate you guys listening. We'll talk to you soon. Boat drinks, cones. There's a place where the boat leaves from It takes away I love your big problems You got worries, you could drop them in the blue ocean But you gotta get away to where the boat leaves from Take one part sand, one part sea And one part shade of a nine-nine tree And the drinks are cold and the reggae is hot And I know this is the place for me Get away to where the boat leaves from It takes away I love your big problems You could worries, you could drop them in the blue ocean But you gotta get away to where the boat leads Jimmy 
It's a perfectly good island somewhere Where well, I'll ride the boats and don't grab your coat You won't need it where we are going Get away to where the boat leaves from It takes away all of your big problems You got worries, you can drop them in the blue ocean But you gotta get away to where the boat leaves from Pick me up Pick me up Pick me up Put me down Down in the sand where it's cool Put me down And when I fall on my stool Put me down I'll just leave there till morning comes round With sunshine ten ladies And pina coladas And Bob Marley songs that I'm playing There's a song in my ear That I want you to hear Soft tropical lips that are singing Get away to where the boat leaves from It takes away all of your big problems You got worries, you can drop them in the blue ocean But you gotta get away to where the boat leaves from So get away to where the boat leaves from It takes away all of your big problems You got worries, you can drop them in the blue ocean But you gotta get away to where the so get away to where the boat leaves from It takes away all of your big problems You got worries, you can drop them in the blue ocean But you gotta get away to where the boat leaves from